gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast. Well, uh, our podcast guest may have something to say about that, but one of your favorites, the Fundamism Podcast. I'm your host, Paul J. Long, coming to you all the way from the Fundamism Studio, aka my home office. You guys know the deal. Many of us are working from home right now in a time that's very different from anything uh, in which we've experienced before. So it is imperative now more than ever that we find the things that create joy, fun, and fulfillment in our lives. So before we get into how our next guest does all of those things, I'd like to shout out to our sponsor, Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle has been absolutely amazing. They have some new color waves for their uh, their mask, uh, Chiefs colors, Sporting KC colors. They're absolutely amazing. And as you all know, with kids going back to school and us going about our lives uh, the best that we can, masks are imperative to ensure that we keep uh, transmission rates low. So charliehustle.com to learn more. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I had the opportunity to go on a podcast recently. And I've heard a lot about this particular guest uh, in the Kansas City circle, being a mentor of individuals that I know, uh, being very intelligent, being very articulate, being very passionate about overall health. And so uh, when I got the invite, I was very humbled, first of all, but then I was in awe of her ability to carry on conversation and uh, just her being a genuinely kind human being. So I would like to warmly welcome our guest today to the Fundamism Podcast, Dr. Michelle Robin. What is good, Dr. Michelle? Woo-woo! I got my <laughs> What is Good shirt on. You know what's good, Paul, is I'm hanging out with you. <laughs> and um, I've been so looking forward to uh, our time together. And I want to give a shout out to my friends, Natalie and Susan. Mm-hmm. We were hanging out on a boat in Table Rock Lake, and they, they said, I've got a great guest for you. And I'm like, Okay, my ears perked up and we pulled up right in the middle of Table Rock Lake. We pulled up one of your little videos on LinkedIn and loved it. And I reached out to you in that moment and you said yes. So um, thanks for returning the favor. And, you know, people can have their top two favorite podcasts, you know, yours, Fundamism and and Small Changes, Big Shifts. So I don't mind being second to you, Paul. No, never. Listen, if, if we are running at the same trajectory in life, which is just uh, our journey to fun, uh, I will ride with you all day, every day. So let's do it together collectively. So what a perfect transition, Table Rock Lake, hanging with friends, uh, checking out silly LinkedIn videos, which <laughs> seems counterintuitive, but uh, you're sitting there and you're, and you're doing all the things that make you smile. That is a perfect segue to the question that we ask every single guest, Dr. Michelle, which is, what do you do for fun? Well, you know, Paul, it's interesting. I would not categorize myself as a fun person. Uh, What I do for fun is um, I really think about connections. Um, I would say my middle name should have been Connection, not Marie. And I think, how do I help people get to where they're trying to go? And some people think, think that's work. For me, it's really a ton of fun for you to say, gosh, Michelle, I need somebody to do this. And you'd say, well, Charlie Hustle or whatever the case may be, or I would say Charlie Hustle. So how do we really help build each other up and collaborate is probably my my greatest fun. It's my greatest joy. Um, my second greatest joy probably is, uh, you know, just trying to self-care. I really do for fun. And it's interesting being a wellness person. And I, I really believe in this, the five-letter F word. I don't ever want to be the five-letter F word. You know what the five-letter F word is? Tell me. Fraud. Fraud. <laughs> 
And so um, I was having this conversation with a, with a client yesterday who's having a, a grumbly low back. And if you do a lot of study around whole person health medicine, you realize low back pain um, is not just a mechanical, it's also an emotional, chemical issue, as well as an energetical issue. And I said, by the way, you know, I, I, are you a little angry that you're working harder than ever? at home and your and your company's saying they're a wellness minded company yet you're working 14 hours a day. And part of that we've got to own as people, we got to take responsibility. But but I just wanted to bring up that awareness. So so for me it's how how do we walk in authenticity at the same time how do, can we be congruent? Mm-hmm. and what, what, how we're moving through life. So um, I have to tell you, Paul, once again, I, I struggle with the word fun. That's why I told you I need to hang out with you a little bit more. I, I do love to uh, go. My partner uh, has no problem having fun. Um, I struggle in that category. I'm such an, I'm, I mean, a calling to really help people really realize that they have the gift of well-being right inside their heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And so that calling for me is, uh, it's really a, a pretty big J-O-B, but it also gives me a lot of F-U-N. <laughs> well, so first of all, the gift of well-being is right inside your heart. I mean, that is, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening right now, clearly you are. <laughs> uh, that's fundamentalism. Like well-being and realizing that true happiness and joy and fun and fulfillment comes or at least starts from within. And if we're looking externally for all these things that that uh, make us smile or give us joy, then we'll be looking for a long, long time, especially if we're unhappy with ourselves. So I love the fact that that you really pride yourself and everything that you do aligns perfectly with this gift of well-being be aligned uh, within your heart space. And that starts obviously with authenticity and being congruent in the way that we walk. So um, there's so many things that I want to talk to you about because this is the stuff, as I'm sure you're well aware uh, gives me life. It gets me excited. But whenever I hear somebody say that I wouldn't categorize myself as fun, or I'm not necessarily known as a fun individual, it always makes me curious. What is your definition of fun? Gosh, what a great question. I'm going to get some free therapy today. Thank you, Paul. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think, I think maybe being lighthearted, um, being really able to be present and basically just kind of chilling out a little bit hmm. probably be, I don't, what is the definition of fun, Paul? You know what? Uh, I, I don't think that I can define your fun for you, sister. Oh, uh, I, I haven't looked in the dictionary. So <laughs> Maybe I need well, to- I'm going to look it up as I talk to you, but interestingly enough, I would say that um, when I first started in speaking. And just so you guys know a little bit of who we're talking to here, uh, this young lady is a chiropractor, author, teacher, holistic healer, podcast host, and founder of Your Wellness Connection. And so I love that your middle name uh, should have been Connection because then you founded your whole business on it. Very smart, nicely done. Um, Similar to me, uh, people have always said that I am a a master of shenanigans uh, and gravitate towards all things fun. So I said, hey, Let's make the marketing easy. Let's just let's just center it all around fun. So when I first started out, uh, I marketed myself as this fun guy and bring fun into your organization. And it's gonna it's gonna decrease uh, attrition and improve employee engagement and improve your customer experience and all that stuff. But so many businesses and so many individuals, associations, organizations, whatever you're into. Uh, sometimes they would hear this word fun and almost be deterred. They, they would hear it and, and they would associate it with uh, 
a little bit of lightheartedness, which you referenced, but but more so like immaturity and a lack of productivity and people just running around, uh, you know, without the reins, just, you know, doing whatever the hell we wanted to. And to me, fun is, is, is just about gravitating more towards what gives you strength, what makes you smile. Mm-hmm. Like fun to me is it's an emotional connection to life. Mm-hmm. And so for you to ask me, what's the defi- definition of fun? I, I, I can Google it and am going to. But most importantly, I believe that if you're doing the things that make you smile, if you're doing the things that ultimately give you joy, if you're gravitating towards things that that create happiness in your life, well, then you, my friend, are far more fun than you give yourself credit for. Well, with that definition, um, yes, I am. I'm a ton of fun. (laughs) I'm not not up to shenanigans very much. I've never been that type of person. Um, But I do love, I love it when somebody gets the idea that um, having their spine realigned, they can feel divine or that once they know the why, they're able to comply. You know, do you want to be a grape or do you want to be a raisin? And if you want to be a, a grape, you need to drink more water. So I love giving little analogies like that. I love sharing quotes. I, I love seeing people's eyes light up. I had a, a new client yesterday who's totally new to holistic medicine. I mean, we are talking like a ripe banana, not even peeled off the tree yet. And she, and she's like, well, this is all really new to me. I'm a little nervous. And, and really what we do in holistic medicine is we try to help you realign back to the principles of how you were designed. Mm. How do you get the right motion? How do you get the right thinking? How do you put the right fuel in your body and on your body? And how are you around the right energy to really help you magnify how you were created to be? So, so that was a ton of fun. I think she walked out with her head spinning kind of backwards a little bit. No, no pun intended. We did she did not have chiropractic yesterday. We we're dealing with some diarrhea issues, but that was a ton of fun. And I, um, I have a new assistant, Bailey, and Bailey was like, "Whoa! I thought we did chiropractic here, but you just t- totally talked to her about her whole well-being, her anxiety. That is a ton of fun. That is a rocking day when I get to do that." Well, interestingly enough, this is probably the third time we've talked in person through a webinar platform or uh, whatever it may be, because we were on. Um, the bottoms up perspective as well. We were on drinks with leaders. Drinks with leaders. That's what it was. Uh, so drinks with leaders, the fundamentals podcast. Uh, and of course, small changes, big shifts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not to be confused, confused with small changes, big. Yeah, that's right. that's fun. There we go. So, all right, here we go. Uh, a, a, a few follow-up questions. Do you find yourself overall getting enjoyment from life and what you do today or in general just in general you know the answer is yes okay yes especially i have to tell you i'm kind of thriving through covid life it forced me to kind of dial it back a little bit i get to work from home two days a week now which is so much fun i get i get to do my content creation that's your word by the way i would say do my podcast do things like this i do my corporate uh, i i actually love doing my corporate speaking corporate speaking virtual virtually i think it's so much fun to do that i don't have to uh, drive anywhere fly anywhere i could stay right here in my own home my dog's laying over on the chair over there you can wear your what's good shirt I can wear my what's good shirt. Um, so I have to tell you, I'm, I, my heart is um, heavy for what's going on in the world, but I personally feel like I'm thriving on every cylinder. Hmm. Um, I am missing hugs. I'm a big hugger, heart yeah. to heart. I am missing that. That's probably the biggest disappointment besides watching what's happening on the planet right now. 
So the reason why I ask that question is, of course, I referenced the fact that this is the third time that we've seen each other virtually. I mm-hmm. uh, haven't met in person yet, but give it time. Oh, give it time. Uh, because this is the beginning of something beautiful and magnificent. So uh, every time I've seen you uh, or talked with you, you're smiling more often than you're not. Mm-hmm. And you're laughing. And you appear to be uh, on the surface. I don't know what's going on internally, of course. But on the surface, you, you, you seem to be enjoying yourself. So, so we'll just table that, okay? So you got over. So on a scale of one to 10, enjoyment factor, maybe what? Between a seven and an eight? I'd say probably an eight plus. Okay, it's not, cool. a, it's not a 10, but eight plus. Beautiful. Uh, you do you enjoy laughter? Do you find yourself being amused throughout your day by stories or individuals or uh, situations in your practice? You know, I'm a little serious, Paul. Um, so I, I find myself uh, laughing more than I have. Okay. I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna totally come clean here. I'm I'm binge watching. Uh, not binge is a strong word. I'm watching Drop Dead Diva. It's an old show, and I find myself giggling at these stupid things, and so. Um, that's, that's lighthearted for me. Sure. Um, you know, I'm in a pretty serious business right now. Sure. Uh, you know, I have, uh, you know, the top five things I see, obviously pain, I'm a chiropractor, um, anxieties right up there, probably number two sleep issues, um, as well as digestive distress, which they're all really related. And so, um, it's hard to watch our young people. I mean, I, I have a heart for our young people and how they're struggling because I really know in my own journey, someone came into my life as a young person. And here I am 40 years later, having this life that I never thought was possible on so many levels, not just prosperity, but also to really value yourself. And I think a lot of people, we don't value and love ourselves. So then we are looking outward instead of inward. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would, I would tell you it's, it's intense work. Sure. I'm not in the surgery room. I'm not doing brain surgery and things like that, but it's intense work trying to help lift up people and help them reflect back to them hope uh, and healing. So um, probably not as fun as it could be. My team would probably like me to lighten it up a little bit. Well, I mean, just, just to, just to put it out there. And again, I, I've told you that we, uh, I don't know if I said this prior to coming on or uh, during, but I, I feel like there's a lot of parallels between mm-hmm. you and I. There's a lot of synergy to use the corporate cliche, but um, as individuals that really pride ourselves in hopefully allowing others to see the light or the joy or the happiness that is within them and, and helping them along that, that journey, Sometimes that could be a little exhausting because that that energy comes from someplace, and that yeah. that energy that we are throwing out uh, for others to hopefully help them to self discover what it looks like for themselves. It does take something out of us, and as you've done such a phenomenal job throughout the years, making a name for yourself, uh, not just by uh, what you're doing, but the connections that you're creating and the help that you're that you're ultimately giving people you're becoming more and more of a rock for other people, which means that that energy is being taken more and more from you. So I respect what you're saying. I feel what you're saying day in and day out. And that's why it's imperative that at the end of the day, we still find time to recharge and re-energize ourselves and gravitate towards the things that, that give us smile or else we won't be as effective 
doing our life's mission, which is helping others find that for themselves. So uh, I'm coming full circle. You have a podcast. Uh, You smile a lot, despite the fact that you believe that you're very uh, stoic and and business-oriented. Uh, would you would you believe that your podcast is uh, both educational uh, and enjoyable as well as entertaining? Would you would you hope that your podcast is those things? You know, I would hope that, and that it's a it's a voice of reason during uh, chaotic times. Okay, uh, I think there's so much noise out there right now that people need to have a trusted source, and um, and hope. You know, that's my whole thing is I want to be a trusted resource. Um, today, tomorrow, and 40 years from now, so that the little changes that we say people can create a ripple, not only in their life, but they, in their kids or their neighbors, Mm -hmm. that would be a, that's a home run. So, so yes, I want it to be a combination of all three of those things. And thanks for pointing that out. I've never thought about it that way. So, so thank you. Well, there's a method to my madness. (laughs) I'm staring at Google, the definition of fun, and I'll go through the noun and the adjective for you. The noun is enjoyment, amusement, or lighthearted pleasure. The adjective is amusing, entertaining, or enjoyable. So based on my experience with you, you have found enjoyment in every experience that we've shared. Mm-hmm. Um, you do laugh more than you give yourself credit for, at least outwardly. Uh, I find you to be amusing and entertaining and very enjoyable. So if I was going strictly off the definition that, that Google says... I think that you are a fun individual. But if we remove that definition and we just go back to the whole premise of fundamentalism, which is gravitating towards what makes you smile more often than what doesn't, then sis, you are one of the most fun individuals that I know. So let's get into why people struggle so much identifying that fun for themselves or to hear you put it, to be comfortable in the authentic version of themselves. So you reference this five-letter F-word, fraud. Why do you think so many people struggle not just being the authentic version of themselves, but finding and defining the authentic version of themselves? I think there's so much noise in our head from the outside world on who we should be, maybe from our parents Uh, For me, that was my struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I grew up as a a fourth child of four and uh, my mother got divorced while she was pregnant with myself and happened to be my twin brother. She had a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and then she has her third pregnancy. She's going through divorce and and voila. And this this should tell you I should claim the word fun a little bit is I was born on April Fool's Day. And the, uh, yeah, how crazy is that? And the doctor, the nurse said to the doctor, there's something else in there. And the doctor said, April Fool's. And, and they played that game for a bit. And there's 21 minutes. Uh, and I'm no twin genius, but 21 minutes is a long time. They were cleaning my mother up to put her back uh, together and what after pr- her delivery. And then boom, I pop out. So, so I think there's, I think it's part of my journey is um, this healing journey. I, I, I have a very deep faith that, that um, God put in my heart um, the work I'm doing. And had I not had the journey of abandonment as a young person and not feeling worthy, I hit around my mother a lot when I was a child. I hit behind her mm. until we started having our grumbling because of some different... Um, oh, probably... I, once again, I, I believe it was my path. And so I would say a lot of therapies helped me, Paul. Sure. Really 
start to, it's kind of like this. I went to this process when I was 31. I had this phenomenal practice. Um, I had a great life. It was far better than I ever thought I deserved. It, this is a different life than that. That was a life of, uh, you know, could do pretty much anything you want financially, mm. had the big house, had, had, the, had the relationship, drove a nice car. Um, Everything and, society has convinced us that would make us happy. Yeah. And I was dead. I was, I was walking around dead inside. And I believe so many people are walking around dead inside and they're just going through the motions and, and it's kind of like Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to this process called the Hoffman process. Process. And basically what they did, it's kind of like cleaning out your closets. I don't know about you, but I've been cleaning out my closets and cleaning out my shift around my house during this <laughs> COVID-19 time. And it's like taking all the dishes out of the cupboard and you in the coffee cups and you and you look at the coffee cup and you say, you know what, that's from that's from the Hellsburg Mentoring Program. Every year they give us a coffee cup at Celebrate Hemp. Well, that's lovely. Mm-hmm, I have good memories. I'll keep that. Or you know what? It's time for me to let that go. And with the process and, and good therapy, you're able to pull it out look at that cup and say, you know what? It served me then, but it doesn't serve me now. Mm. And how could I repurpose that or, or let that go? And so um, at 31, I did this deep dive for seven days and it was like 10 years of therapy. And it really helped me start to let go and develop compassion and forgiveness for, and some of the high quotes, because I had four stepfather, I had three stepfathers by the time I was 17. And so you start to let go and realize, you know what, Michelle, what if all that stuff happened? So you'd be having this conversation with Paul today. What if? And so I love playing that what if game. And so I think a lot of people have, they're hanging on to stuff that no longer serves them, maybe never serve them. Mm. And we're holding on to it too tight. And how do we let that go? And I believe that we're in fascinating times right now. I, I know it's the most fascinating time of my life to have this layers. It's not just we're dealing with COVID-19. We're dealing with the layers of Black Lives Matter. We're dealing with the layers of the political system right now. And I'm telling you, and I get chills telling you this right now, shift is happening. Yes. And it is kind of exciting because hopefully people will do their work. Sure. And, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I, I have several friends, not news to you, that really believe heavily in spirituality and, and rely uh, on energy as the guiding force in their lives. And um, many of them are just kind of laying back in the cut, watching, observing everything that's going on and just saying, listen, this is the biggest shift you'll, you're, you're going to experience and just watch all the things that are going to happen. So that's an interesting topic. I think that we could talk about for hours and hours and hours. Uh, I want to dive a little bit deeper into a little bit of a uh, uh, potentially a vulnerable topic because you kind of touched on it and then you moved away from it. We we're talking about the closet, cleaning out the closet. You referenced your relationship with your mother was cleaning out the closet uh, was, was one of those actions, uh, your relationship with your mother and where does that stand today? Yeah. Well, I talked to her last week. We're, we're good. Um, I've actually stayed in her house um, once or twice in the last 20, last 30 30 plus years. Um, so, so that's good. You know, um, we are so much better. And part of it is, is she doesn't push my buttons anymore. Very rarely because they're not there to push. Right. I realized she Mm. did the best job as my mother that she could, and she has her own drama and trauma. Um, 
And the thing is, is if she wasn't my mother, Paul, I would not be here. I would not have the passion to mm. try to save the planet, especially kids five to 30. That's my jam. How do I help kids five to 30 before they have babies really clean up their closets from what they're putting in their body, what they're putting in their mind. And um, I am so passionate about that. I could do that 23 hours a day. Well, I need to sleep. So I would, I, I have to have at least six, if not seven hours sleep. So I, I could do that every minute of every, that I'm awake because of having that mother. So what, what the Hoffman gave me for my mother for the first time, because I'd been to therapy since I was a young person. And um, what it gave me is it gave me compassion and not just compassion for my mother. I remember the moment I, I, it's just as I close my eyes right now, I was sitting in my old office. So it's been 19 plus years because I've been in my current office 19 years. And I remember my mother was sitting in my treatment room at that time. And I remember looking at her for the first time and I saw her as a human being and not my mother. And I had this, I wonder, first of all, her life probably has not gone as she planned. She's super talented. And so I was able to shift my, my perspective to her being a human versus my mother and I didn't and so that 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 moment I knew that I'd had some done some great work and then the other trick is how do you love yourself enough to drink the water Mm. and how do you love yourself enough to to oil pull you know how do you love yourself enough to go on the bike ride get out of bed at you know six in the morning to do that how do you love yourself enough to say you know what um John you're really not my jam you know what I could appreciate you over there but you know, you're, you're, you're not going to be in my circle. I, I actually reached out to one of my old team members today and, and asked him if they were for hire to do a project. He said, no, it's not for me. And I want to tell you, it kind of put me for a little bit of a spin. I thought, oh gosh, hope I didn't hurt the, and I thought, you know what, Michelle, it's okay. And I dialed my other writer and said, hey, could you help me with this? I'm doing this really cool project. It's too fun to tell you about it yet, but it's super, super cool. You're going to talk about it. Uh, That doesn't make sense. How could something be too fun to tell me about? Well, well, that's part of my magic is the creativity of figuring out how do we create it. I'm so stoked about it. For me, it just keeps dropping in and that's that spirituality. So, so, uh, But you have to develop self-love for yourself. And so my mother, I love my mother. I'm glad she was my mother. Um, I am sad that she did not have the journey that she thought she was going to have. And I believe she gave up her journey for mine. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that makes me a little emotional that she, um, I think sometimes you have to say, okay, you know what? This was not what, what I thought my life was going to be like, but this is what God had. And has my daughter out there impacting, you know, thousands of people about whole person health. I would be a pretty proud parent if I was her. 100%. I, I don't even know you very well, and I'm proud of you. So I could only imagine uh, if you had my DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, the universe is a crazy place for multiple reasons, but we referenced energy and spirituality and all that stuff. So yesterday, I uh, do these silly morning videos from time to time. Um, and I find a song that kind of evokes some kind of emotion with some purpose or message. And then I deliver a message that runs uh, in parallel, not to use the same word a million times in this podcast, with that particular song. Yesterday's song, the day before you come on the podcast, was a song called I Love Me by Demi Lovato. Mm. And the chorus, Dr. Michelle, which I I just fell upon, I was listening to the Taylor Swift playlist, This Is Taylor Swift, Uh, who, gosh, I admire a lot of people in this world, but Taylor Swift is like, she is like my top five. Like she is, 
talk about a content creator and just amazing. Do you know how many bangers she has created? Like how many songs? Like I, I listened to her lover album the other day and I listened to it all the way through. And when I first started listening to that album, I, it didn't really resonate with me. There was a couple of songs. Now I can listen to it all the way through and there's not a song that I dislike. Mm-hmm. I digress. I'm listening to Taylor Swift and this Demi Lovato song comes on. And again, it's called I Love Me. And the chorus says, because I'm a black belt when I'm beaten up on myself, but I'm an expert at giving love to somebody else. Then she goes on to say, oh, why do I compare myself to everyone? And I always got my finger on the self-destruct. I wonder when I love me is enough. I wonder when I love me is enough. Mm. And so you're talking about the love that we have from within, right? And loving ourselves. And then full circle, I'm sitting in bed this morning doing exactly what Mel Robbins has told me not to do, looking on my phone, on Twitter (laughs) or Instagram. And a video uh, of Gary Vee comes up. And I typically don't really jive much with Gary Vee's content because it's a, it's a little more assertive than I uh, am accustomed to. But this particular video was uh, him on a stage with a co-presenter, and he takes questions from the audience. And there's this Asian-American young lady, and I only say that to level set the cultural differences in parenting. So her question was that her parents really want her to go to college and she has a dream and she, we've heard this a thousand times. She wants to pursue her dream, but it's not what the parents think is a likely probability of success. Uh, and it's not, it's not what society says the path should be. So she says, my parents will be disappointed if I pursue this dream. Mm. And Gary V said, uh, so, so what, what do they have over you? Why, why is that? hindering you. And she said, well, my mother said she'd be disappointed in me. And he said, of course she did. That's psychological warfare. She's Mm -hmm. trying to manipulate you to get you to do what she wants you to do. So he said that um, ultimately, if you want to pursue your dreams, what you'll find is years down the road, your parents will be proud of you because you accomplished something. Or secretly, years and years, years later, They'll be proud of you because you try, right? And so he said, if indeed you want to pursue your dreams, then you can't be selfish and be living at their house and eating their food. You have to go out and chase your dreams without relying on them to support those dreams. And I thought, man, that's that's really cool. I love that concept of psychological warfare because I'm a parent. I, I at times, manipulate our children to clean their room or to do what we want them yeah. to do. And so here you are talking about your relationship with your mother, right? Full circle. Here we come. And you said, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard me say this over the course of the last couple of episodes. I want to do a better job of leaving you with something to take away. Really tactical things, ideas, uh, behaviors, whatever it may be. I realized that my mother was no longer pushing my buttons because there were no buttons to push. Dr. Michelle Robin just said, mm-hmm. guys, as you walk through life and you find yourselves irritated with loved ones, with coworkers, with friends, with strangers, realize that that, that disdain, that hatred, that irritation is not them. It's you. 
It's you allowing yourself to have a button in which they can press. So stop giving them the control. You are allowing yourself to be irritable. And when you grow comfortable in your authentic self and you rep yourself uh, as something better than the five letter F word, which is a fraud, then ultimately you'll find more joy, fun, and fulfillment. Gosh dang it, Dr. Michelle, I need more of you in my life uh, because that was genius. I'm, I'm working on two titles here, cleaning out the closet <laughs> or don't push my buttons. Uh, I don't know. We're going to have to figure it out together. Well, and, and let's add to that. And, and, and um, sometimes the buttons are very surface. Yes. They're moment buttons. And you're like, whoa, that's a, like I had a moment button this morning and it tapped into my, am I ever going to be good enough button? Mm-hmm. And then it, it kind of, it, you know, there's Teflon buttons. It's still there, but it pounces off. And then there's buttons that you go to sleep at night and you're still replaying that. And then there's three days later, you're still playing it. And then there's 20 years later, you're still saying, and they did this to me, you know? You know what? You've got to take responsibility for your life. Mm. You really have got to. And I'm glad you brought up uh, the following the dreams. I remember my, I, like I said, three stepfathers. My first stepfather still in my life, and he said to me when I opened my practice in 1992. This is my 28th season. He said, "Why don't you just work for Dr. Yenny, your mentor? Why don't you just do that?" I'm like, you know what? I, I can do this. You know, I'm 20. Yes, I was 25 years old, but I can do this. You know, I've done I've done everything the last 10 years in a chiropractic office. And you know what? It was such a great decision. It forced me to grow. It forced me to help help other people. And, and I love connection. So it would have been really easy for me to go uh, be somebody's associate. And there's nothing wrong with that. But God had a different plan for me. The universe had a different plan for Michelle Robin. And I said, let's do it. And I got on the train and sometimes um, people got on with me and I thought they would stay for, you know, six stops and they stay for two stops. And, and that hurt because I had to deal with my abandonment. But the real deal is, is they have to live their own dreams. And I think parents, um, that's part of parenting is they, they are living their dreams through their kids mm, instead of their yeah. kids' dreams. So get out, of, I would say, get out of your way. Get yeah, out of your way. Well, I got a first class ticket on the Michelle Robin train. <laughs> Uh, I'm in it to win it. I got, I have so many things that I want to talk to you about. We're going to have to have a round two, maybe a round three, who knows? So you're laying in bed and you're thinking about these, these, these relationships that you referenced or mess ups or whatever it may be. And you can't get it out of your head. And as a result, you can't fall asleep. So many people can relate to that. What do you do? What does Dr. Michelle Robin do? What advice would you give? Yeah. You know, a couple things. Um, if I, if I find myself spinning, I actually will get up and go do something, you know, a bad news, bad news, good news about having your, having a home office. Um, the other thing is I really start taking some deep breaths, you know, trying to take my own medicine, right? That's part of being authentic. You know, you take your own medicine. And so I'll take some deep breaths and there, there's a, a, there's a thought, a theory, and there's tons of way to do deep breathing. But if you take a breath in your nose to a six second count, and if you've not been doing this, try a four-second count. I want you to pass out because of getting extra oxygen. But six-second count. So you take a deep breath in, and you take that breath in for six seconds, and you hold it, and you bathe your body in that breath. And you think, man, I could breathe, especially during these times. You know, what a gift to take a deep breath. 
And then you hold that breath in and you're grateful. And then you let it all the way out, kind of like a balloon emptying out. And you let it all the way out, all the way out. And then you let it sit out. And, and then you realize that breath is so important. It's like, it's like energy. You can't see it, but you can't live without it. And, and Paul, your energy is, is, is palpable. I could feel your energy. And that's what I loved about your video. And so um, that's one thing I do. And I would say that probably works about seven out of 10 times. The other thing that that, that I um, you know I wasn't I wasn't raised in religious. I'm not a religious person, um, but I love spirituality. I love going to different churches and and learning about what they're doing. Um, and so I, I, there's that movie was it Dogma or something? Hmm. And and I so I'm I'm fascinated about what people do. And so this is very fascinating times for me watching human behavior, watching the whole uh, the mental health crisis we're in. And I'm like, okay. First of all, how do I stay grounded? How can I bring in energy into a room? So back to when I, I, I start, I have a few prayers. I love the prayer of protection by uh, James Dillard Freeman. It says the, the light of God surrounds me. And you can use whatever word you want to use, Buddha or whatever works for you. The light of God surrounds me. The love of God enfolds me. The power of God protects me. The presence of God watches over me wherever I am, God is. And then if that doesn't put me to sleep, and then I say it for whoever I am in, um, friction with. Mm. And so I could pray for them. I could pray for my family. And I'll just, I'll say that same prayer and I'll just put in, I'll, sometimes I put in all my team members' names. I'm like, okay, I'm going to pray for Susan and, and Brian and, and they have my goddaughter Zoe. And so, so that, like I say, that probably gets me the other, the other two times out of 10. Mm. And then the 10th, the ninth out of 10th time, that, that last time, that 10% or that, um, you know, 1% of the time I can't go back to sleep, I get up and I just start working. And, um, you know, and so sometimes I just have so much energy on my mind about things that need to be done. Uh, that happens maybe, maybe every four to six weeks. So it's not often. Uh, and then I also think, why am I not sleeping? Did I have caffeine too late? Mm. So there's the psycho-spiritual, but then there's the, then there's the chemical aspect. Did I, did I drink water too late in the day? Last night I had water too late. I'm doing this detox this week and I had water too late. So I had to go to the restroom. I consider it a big success if I could stay in bed from 9.30 until 5.30. That is like- success. Ridiculous. So, I'm going so to the I, four times in that timeline. Yeah. So you think about, did I have caffeine too late? Did I have water too late? Um, did I- what did I eat too late? So, so there's the, there's the chemical energetically. Did I look at my phone too late? You know, did I not wear my fancy little, I've got them over there, my fancy little glasses that help with blue light. And so we need to look at it from all, from, in my opinion, four perspectives when stuff is not going the way we want it to be. So that's how I kind of deal with it. Goodness gracious. Like you just keep giving me more stuff to follow up on with only limited time left. So, uh, breathing prayer and get up is what I heard you say. Breathing prayer and get up and, 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 and analyze why am I not sleeping? Okay. So okay. the get up, so all three of those things could be defined as a fundamental. So no, breathing, like breathing obviously um, is something, you know, I'm certain that people have asked you this, uh, especially early on in your journey, but I find, or I would venture to guess that you probably ask this question more often now than you get it or receive it. Have you ever practiced meditation? This is a question that I hear all the time, right? And so uh, I don't know what your response to that uh, typically is from those that you ask, but mine is, uh, it wasn't for me, or I tried, but I couldn't do it, right? 
And again, it goes, it boils back down to your question of, uh, of, of what does fun really mean? What's your definition of fun? What's the definition of meditation? So if you boil it down to its most basic form, like you can meditate just by focusing on your breathing, the inhale, the inhalation and the exhalation of your breath. And we have been doing that a lot uh, at the Long Household. We downloaded the Calm app, which some of you guys as listeners have, have heard me say. Um, we tried the free version, loved it. We got the paid version. It's like $60 annually. And we do, uh, there's, a, there's a daily calm every single day, which is a 10-minute guided meditation. And we do it with our daughter, who's seven years old, before bed, every single night. It's the last thing that she hears before she goes to bed. And the basic premise of uh, the daily calm is it, is it has a message uh, about you know letting go or not letting people push your buttons, whatever the daily message is. But most importantly, it really guides you through some breathing exercises. So the last couple of days, I haven't been able to sleep, Dr. Michelle, a lot of stuff on my mind for one reason or the other, not even important stuff, just stuff. And so I... I rely heavily on my breathing. I'm like, all right, focus on your breathing. Inhale, hold, exhale. Inhale, hold, exhale. So now I'm not thinking about the crap anymore, right? And my eyes are getting heavy. What do I do? I stop working on my breathing. And what happens? Insert thoughts again. And it's like the power of breath is crazy if you allow it to be. But we convince ourselves that uh, that's not our jam or it's not our cup of tea. Guys, take this from Dr. Michelle. Work on your breathing. When you're alone by yourself, when you got the chatter going on, when you're laying in bed, when you're sitting on the couch convincing yourself you want to be mindless, just focus for 30 seconds. Start with 30 seconds on inhaling, holding for four to six seconds, exhaling, and doing it again. Do it 30 times and see how you feel. See if anything changes. See if your your thought process changes and see if you physically feel any difference. Love it. Prayer is a fundamental. I want to touch on that real quick. You mentioned um, that you're not necessarily a religious individual, uh, but you love the study of religion and faith and exposing yourself to different platforms. Mm -hmm. What is religion to you? Wow, I've never been asked that question in all these years. Um, for me, it's a connection. There's a divine connection. Um, I was talking with actually another patient yesterday who came to see me because he got put on a medication that created a sleep problem. And when you can't sleep, you get a little crazy. And um, we were talking about about kind of that prayer. For me, it's and and he and we started saying, I said, "Well, why don't you say what kind of prayer would you say to yourself?" And he's like, "God, come on in." And, and I, I'm a kind of a I follow John Gray just a tiny bit, and he said, "You know." God's already in my heart. And so I really like that. So I think, I think, okay, you know, I believe religion is that there, there's this peace inside of me. There's this love inside of me. And how can I uh, radiate that love for good for the world? Mm. Whether that's God, like, so whatever you call it, that's what I believe it. I, be, I believe there's God in all of us. Um, and how do, how do we tap into our own essence? It's uh, omnipresent in everything and every object. So. The universe is a crazy place. <laughs> so of course, whatever we want to see, we'll see. And uh, whatever experience feeds my narrative or the conversation or the point that I want to make, at the I can do it. But yesterday I received a LinkedIn message from a complete stranger and it says, Hey, are you a man of Christ? 
Your energy and style scream of it. Just curious. Keep on keeping on, brother. It took me back to, that was just yesterday. That took me back to my last live event, Dr. Michelle, uh, in March for Allied Van Lines in Chicago. I got done. Uh, predominantly male uh, audience, predominantly white male audience. Uh, I get done and this gentleman, probably in his 50s or 60s, he comes up to me and he says, are you a Christian? And I said, yeah, my, my faith is important to me. And he said, I knew it. I knew it. Just the words that you said, the way that you carried yourself and the way that you connected with others just screamed to me that you were a man of God. And so reflecting back on those situations and your discussion with me right now, this is a conversation that I haven't had with many people openly, Dr. Michelle. So thank you for giving uh, me the opportunity and the platform. I am not a religious individual. I'm a very faith-driven individual. I believe in uh, a higher power. I believe in God. Um, And I pray. I respond to this gentleman What's good? I appreciate the kind words, and faith does mean a lot to me. Joy, love, and kindness for all. Make it a fun week, and thanks again. It goes back to what you said. God is already in my heart. I'm not a religious man, but if I were to venture a guess as to what God's image would be, it would be one that believes in love, equality, kindness, authenticity connection with other people. And so whatever we see and whatever we want to feed our narrative, obviously we'll do that. But when people see me as a Christian or as a religious man, I believe what they're seeing is just my heart. And it is in the image of what human beings hopefully should try to strive for, not without fault. Listen, I have my problems, Dr. Michelle. We We struggle from time to time. I could be a better father. I could be a better husband. But I think deep down in my core, hopefully you would say this, that I I care deeply about individuals. So I, like you, would say that I'm not religious, but I'm faith-driven. What is your take on everything that I just said? (laughs) Ditto. I would would say air quotes, ditto. You know, there's something interesting about people if you are around them enough. And and I would say the biggest gift of my career, I've made my living basically $50 at a time. I've made my life $50 at a time. And, and you've got to, uh, you got to do that a lot to make a living. And um, I've been around a lot of people and you could see when their soul is lit up and you are lit up, Paul. And mm. you are on a, I, I'm getting those chills. And Paul, for me, my spirit, I feel it right down. I, it's very clear to me when it's words of, of faith coming out of my mouth. I get this chill right down the side of my left side of my, and that I've just become keenly aware of that during COVID, by the way. Mm-hmm. And um, that's my, one of my gifts of COVID. When you look at people from a soul to soul versus roll to roll, you know, we're all bumping along and we're going to get to the end of life, whether that's today for me or, or 10 years from now or 20 years from now, or now, you know, five years ago, as you mentioned on our pre call, you know what, it could have been over for me. Um, and I want to tell you, Paul, there's some days, the stress is a little heavy and I feel the responsibility and the weighted blanket. And it's not as often as it used to be. I, sometimes I'm like, Oh God, can I be done? Please. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. Let me, let okay. me come home, um, wherever home is. So um, people, if we could just look at people as humans and especially in today's time and not the fear, false evidence appearing real, 
how could I look at you and say, you know what? I see you. I love you. I appreciate how you're showing up in the world. Let me get out of your way. What what can I do in your life to help get shit out of your way? Excuse me, I said that. Shift out of your way. I love way. it. I so love that it. We, could, we could march along. We've got to lock arms together with all of our brothers and sisters, black, white, gay, straight, um, Baptist, Catholic, Buddhist, whoever. We got to lock arms together for humanity, for our kids. If you cannot do it, for yourself, for goodness sakes, do it for our kids. Because I'm telling you, my heart breaks every day when I think about what's going on with our kids. As a parent, you and I, uh, we're locked arms in that uh, perspective. And uh, it's it's challenging. And, you know, we talked a little bit before about um, sending our kids back to school. And so the, the school sends out a a request from parents, like, what do you prefer? Are you going to send your, your kids to school or are you going to do the homeschool thing? And I feel as though we were forced to make a decision before society has really made a decision and we have a full understanding of the risk, right? Uh, and I think in just the last two weeks, the number of cases in children has gone up like some ridiculous percent. So regardless of where you fall on the coronavirus thing, it's put, it's put parents in a very difficult position. And our, our children are going through a lot. Imagine, imagine our children. Like when we were kids, Dr. Michelle, we could just go on our bike. We could just go to the park. We could just, we could do whatever the hell we wanted to, whenever the hell we wanted to, you know, depending on our parental situation. But like all of a sudden school stopped. Uh, we couldn't go to urban air. We couldn't eat out at restaurants. We couldn't see their friends all of a sudden. And our kids, our kids are four and seven. Our kid, our Brennan Royal, our four-year-old, he had his fourth birthday in the midst of all this. Well, it was a completely different style of birthday. So what's going on in their head? Now, they're resilient, as you know, and they don't have much to compare it to in terms of life experience. So who knows how they're taking it? But my goodness, uh, I, like you, I think often about our children's experience in life and what we're doing to grow uh, this noggin of theirs. Because we, as adults and parents and role models, mentors like you, uh, are far more responsible for the growth and development of brain patterns uh, than we probably truly and fully understand. When I say grow their hearts, I think we're in a time right now where we need to grow their hearts. Mm. And, um, and Paul, it's interesting you bring this up because, you know, um, you know, I'm in the holistic field. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of on a tight wire, tight wire here because the holistic people are, you know, um, you know, your body's designed to be well and it could fight the virus. You know what? And I, I've drank that Kool-Aid. But I also have the other side of reality that I'm seeing COVID here. And if and and, and what what would I do? And I I, I loved what one of my one of my um, dear friends and, and clients said yesterday to me. She goes, you know what? We're going to keep our son home, and mostly because there's kids that don't have that choice. And if it gives them a chance to stay at school longer, and they're not in a situation where they're at risk with maybe um, poverty or violent parents, I thought. What a brilliant answer. She goes, you know, it's going to put a little strain on us, but you know what? We can get through it. I think as parents, we need to have that attitude. And I think our kids are picking up what we're feeling. Um, so, so how do we 
become this vessel that we're giving from our overflow and we're able to have this safe container for our kids. You know what? You know what? And what Royal, right? Is your little boy? Brennan Royal. You know, Royal. You know what? We're going to have the funnest birthday ever. And this is going to be the one you remember probably. And, and, and instead of saying, oh, poor you, you know, COVID's happening. So language is words matter so much. I would say if anything, wellness rise, if, you know, I've been at this for a long time, but what you put in your mind and what you put in your heart, biggest uh, obstacle to being well. And you put um, on your, in your mind and in your heart is the in your heart. obstacle. Yeah. If you're putting hate in there because of somebody's color, or somebody's sexual orientation, or because of the car they drive, or because they looked at you out of the corner of their eye, whatever. It's how can you just truly love people? And I believe we're struggling because we don't love ourselves. I, I think it, boom, it comes down to that. If parents could say, you know what? I love you so much that I'm going to let you have two bites of your cake and not have a piece every single day the next month because we know that sugar is so toxic. Right. So I love you so much. I want you to get sleep tonight because I know your brain and your body function better when you sleep. I love you so much that I want to keep you safe. I love you so much that I love all kids and we're going to let other kids go to school, not because I'm fearful that you're going to get COVID, but the, obviously the more numbers we have there, that it's not going to stop the spread as much. So how do we get kids in school that have no other choice? Wow, man, that's powerful. So I, we, I have to touch on this subject before we wrap up because you just glanced by a near death experience with zero context. Uh, so you mentioned five years ago uh, mm-hmm. that you, I mean, the very strong possibility that you could not be here had things turned out a little bit differently. So we're coming up on the five your anniversary of a terrible bike accident. What happened? Well, uh, on June 29th, 2015, I was in this Zen moment. I was, had been riding with my friend, Karen. She was one of my, one of my workout partners and she left me for the last mile and I was riding to my office. And here's the key takeaway over this. I was in a really good space, Paul, probably the best space I'd ever been in my life. I had done my healing work. I, um, financially I was okay. I, uh, had just done the whole 30. So my body was not inflamed. I'd been training for a triathlon. I was getting ready to go on vacation. I was taking my 18 year old nephew on a sailing adventure with my mentor, Bill Reisler and his wife, Vicki in Canada and um, Canada trip of a lifetime. I was so pumped about it. I even went in that weekend. I had everything done. Um, I was so ready. All I had to do was see patients and have a few meetings on Monday, a few patients on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, I was on a plane to Los Angeles, meeting him there, going to a friend of mine's book launch, Test Masters. And then we were flying to um, Canada. And at that, it, literally a mile from my office, somebody pulled out in front of me, a young person, and they just didn't see me. And, you know, we're, 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 so, we're so distracted. And, and, and I want to tell you, here's my mantra, pay attention. You know, pay attention to the, 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 the note on your, your, your neck over here. Pay attention to um, when you're walking so you don't trip. Pay attention to people in front of you. So I would say that's probably big, my biggest lesson the last five years is pay attention. You're always getting messages. And so long story short, had a, had a bunch of fractures, went to the hospital. I did not need surgery, thank goodness, because that would have been a tough call to make. Um, they wanted to keep me overnight. Um, and give me some morphine. I said, no, thank you. I don't do that. And I went home and I had no idea until I stood up how bad the pain was. And I went white as a ghost, started sweating and I'm not a sweater, even if I work out and uh, proceeded to will myself 
W-I-L-L, out of the hospital on crutches with um, with eight fractures in my pelvis. Um, none of them, there was none severe, two moderate, um, six, six mild. And, um, and then I had a fracture in my thumb and, and some knee issues. And I got home and I pretty much was in bed for two weeks solid and I couldn't really feel my legs so much. But, but um, because I actually was listening to Joel Olstein, which what, I don't care. I don't want to get into a debate with people like him or not. I like him. He's funny. <laughs> he's, funny. He's, he's, he, he's, he, he's just funny. He has a good message about spirituality. I was listening with one earbud, not two. You never arrive with two earbuds. And I was in a great place. If I was going to be hit any time in my life, it was the time to be hit because I had everything going for me to heal. And so um, long story short, if you're going to have an accident, make sure you're not carrying anger in your heart. Make sure you do your work because shift is going to happen to you. And the more healed you are from the inside out, the better you'll recover from the shift that happens, whether it's a a divorce, a job change, COVID-19, a bike accident. So I'm so grateful that I'm here with you today. What a perfect power close. It's like you, it's like you're a speaker or a podcaster. (laughs) Uh, um, My goodness. I mean, I have thoroughly enjoyed our time together. Uh, My only regret is that we didn't have more time because I feel like we just, we just touched the surface on so many topics. I really want to get into the, uh, you know, physiological nature and mental health and physical health and you referenced within the first five to 10 minutes about lower back pain, which a lot of people can relate to and how uh, more of that is mental than we uh, understand. So uh, I would love to have you back sometime in the near future. Uh, Dr. Michelle, Robin, I know that you got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, One takeaway of something that you just said, you know, your mantra of pay attention, that really aligns perfectly with the F in fun, the acronym fun uh, in your personal foundation. Be present um, because there's so much amazing things that are going on around you if you're paying attention or you're present. If you want to see the crap, then you're going to see the crap. But it's not that greatness isn't there. It's that you're not present or paying attention to see it. So I recognize greatness when I see it. And I was fully present in today's Fundamism podcast. So from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you very much, Dr. Michelle Robin. If our guests uh, were as intrigued as I uh, by you and want to learn more, where do they go? Oh, you can find me all over, drmichellerobin.com, Small Changes, Big Shifts. I'm on LinkedIn, which is my favorite platform. And um, that's where they can find me. And and I love that. But but Paul, I I love your question. I always ask my clients, what's, what's something good that's happened? But then I love the way you put it, just what's good. And so focus on that and they'll change their life. I love it. And you truly made my day after, um, after I was invited, uh, and had the honor of being on your podcast, small changes, big shifts. Uh, not only did you send me a thank you gift, but you subsequently ordered shirts, the Charlie Hustle What's Good shirt, which you're wearing today. If you're viewing from our YouTube channel, you could see for every member of your staff. And so it just solidified the fact that you're an amazing human being. And I can't wait to experience more of you in person, maybe at Table Rock Lake. Uh, There you go. (laughs) Dr. Michelle Robin, thank you very much. To the Fundamism Podcast listener, we couldn't do this without you. We greatly appreciate your support through COVID, through quarantine, through these small shifts or enormous shifts in life, fundamentalism is consistently growing. And that is a direct result of your support 
and your desire to create more joy, fun, and fulfillment in your life. So as we wrap today up, go out and have some fun and uh, encourage others to do the same. Until we meet again on the flip side, deuces!